Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop. It is Wednesday, the first day of November. This is episode 132, and we are presented by Hitforth, the high-tech development center that produces pound-for-pound the most powerful and complete hitters in the state, located in Austin, Texas. Uh, If you haven't checked those guys out, go to hitforth.com. Follow them on Instagram, follow them on Twitter. I posted a cool video to my Twitter account yesterday of just an awesome example of the type of progress um, that hitters are achieving at Hitforth. I mean, we're talking about 20 plus mile per hour increase in exit velocity, even as kids go from, you know, the lighter non-BBCOR bats to the high school level where the bats are getting heavier BBCOR, um, there's doing great, great stuff over there. Um, we had their director of performance, Andrew Chappell, uh, excuse me, Andrew Chappell, um, on the podcast <laughs> last week. Uh, you can go to our YouTube page and catch that if you want to see the video version in addition to the podcast version. We've been putting out some clips from there. Uh, so make sure you go check those guys out, especially if you're a parent or a player in Central Texas. Uh, we cannot recommend them strongly enough. Uh, the proof is in the results, and they do the results and the development better than anybody um, in Central Texas. But uh, Drew, first off, did you survive Halloween? How how are we doing? Um, it is, you know, the one thing about being a parent of young kids is holidays are exhausting physically, mentally, emotionally. <laughs> so, there's a lot to goes goes into it. Um, it doesn't always, hardly ever goes according to plan. Uh, but we're here. We're still standing. Uh, how did it go for you and the fam? Um, we made it. Uh, the baby got a little tired towards the end. Um, we were we let, I guess we let Koi um, pick everyone in our family's costumes. So okay, he, he was Winnie the Pooh. I was Winnie the Pooh. Um, Mary was Piglet and Gray was Tigger. Um, okay. But I, what I'm, what I've noticed, and I don't know how this happened, but in our neighborhood, somehow our street is like Main Street for oh. for holidays. Like I, I don't know. I mean, and it's not like we're like in a better location, or I, I don't understand why it's that way, but. Our street is packed. Like people come from other neighborhoods to trick or treat on our street. And is I, there and like I, some like reputation for candy or like the I, decorations or what, what's what's the draw? not from my house? Not from my house. <laughs> um, but we had. I mean, there are some some uh, definite uh, go all out houses mm-hmm. in on our street for decorations for all holidays. Um, so maybe, uh, but like if we, we went down our street, both sides, and then we tried, we went on either, like the street on either side of us. And there was like, I mean, not, not even a third of the houses on either of those streets had candy. So, hmm. I mean, it was, it was bizarre, but for some reason, French street in fate, Texas okay. is the spot to be. Um, but yeah, we, we made it. Uh, what one thing that so we had some people over and we ordered pizza, um, before we went trick or treating. Mm-hmm. I was amazed. I I guess I just haven't paid attention. We usually go with several frozen options before delivery or 
carry out, but I got, I put a large cheese pizza in the cart from Papa John's and it was like 23 bucks. <laughs> so I took yeah, it out and like, right. that something yeah, happened there. No, no I got, I took a screenshot, but I couldn't believe it. I was blown away, but I, I was floored. I you getting like and, the shakaroni or something like that? Like, no, the shakaroni was on the special and it was cheaper. So I, it's well, actually pretty good. I guess not getting the shakaroni. <laughs> well, I I mean they had a jack o' lantern pizza too, but it was thin crust and some members of my family will not approve. So um, yeah, yeah, because we're talking like a twenty three. Like I mean, we're talking. You can get a pizza from Home Slice around that. That's yeah. Of, like I, I, I like I went back this morning to like make sure that I didn't. I, I was baffled by it, but I ended up getting like a little special that had like two mediums that I mean I could have eaten by myself, but um, yeah. So, but we made it. We made it. You made top, it. Top. There was there was a family on our uh, on the street. Actually, one of the few houses on the street next to us that had they like passed out like legit like goodie bags. It wasn't just like here take a piece of candy. It was like hey here's a little bag, and I was like yeah. I mean no telling how much it cost to put yeah. all that together but good for them it was that apparently mary found that house on facebook apparently they were like advertising that uh, they would have yeah 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 if you go to that that if you put that much work into it i feel like you want people to come so. well maybe like yeah and they felt like they had to do something to draw people off of french street too mm, so yeah it's true yeah, yeah. gotta get the, gotta so. get the people over there yeah jack yeah. uh jack picked our outfits too he wanted to go as flounder Okay. Um. So I went as King Triton, but with just a T-shirt. Um. That said, "World's Greatest Dad Bod" with King Triton on there, and <laughs> uh, Liz went as Ariel with the wig and sparkles, and then Lucy went as Ursula. Oh. Um. So yeah, we survived. Yeah. Jack about midway through just didn't want anything to do with it, and it's just like, oh. dude, this is like the best day of the year. You just walk to a house and they hand you stuff. Uh. And then he finally got out of his funk at the end and and started having fun with it but so this was our first halloween in our new house and i learned through the neighbors that the people that lived here previously were full-size candy bar people so oh no i had oh, to no. carry the tradition because i didn't want oh, to no. make a bad impression on the people coming being like whoa what happened you know like i used i had this house marked as as a as a full-size candy bar house so um needless to say uh well those there were not any of those left by the time the by the time 8 p.m rolled around you had a Um, chance to set some a new precedent now you're just you're yeah yeah we'll we'll see i i might have over i don't think it was as established as maybe in my head i would have thought because growing up it's like if, if you knew like oh yeah, this is the house. Like these houses got this. This house is that. Exactly. So I I don't I don't think the kids maybe knew, um, and plus too, I I mean what I mean the pandemic was in 2020. Things have been weird a couple of years, so maybe it wasn't as established as I thought. But I carried on the tradition. Uh, so I guess that's established our house is 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 that kind of house um for years to come, but uh yeah so we'll uh we'll have to negotiate i'm sure candy and see if he wants we can bribe him with a toy to get rid of it all and hide it and we just eat it for the next month or or whatever it is but um 
magically school drop off was not bad this morning. I thought for sure after last night and like Lucy woke up at four, just ready to get out of bed. It's like, no, no, it's not going to work. But we survived. Hmm. Um, Anyway, Uh, I hope everyone had a great Halloween and we are going to talk about some uh, recruiting classes today with the, uh, the first um, signing period upcoming a week from today will be the first day those those players in the 2024 class can sign on the dotted line with their national letter of intent and officially go from commitment um, to signee, um, you know, with with their respective programs. So we're going to go through the next couple episodes and, and talk about several classes and highlight players from those classes and, um, you know, a couple power five programs and then major program and then wrap up with. Um, just five individual players uh, committed to junior colleges that we wanted to highlight. And we're, we do our best with keeping track of all the classes and tagging them on the website. And, and, you know, one of the cool things is you can go to a five tool profile page and search for a player and, and click the logo of, of where they're committed. And it just brings up the commitment list. So we do try as best we can to really keep up with those. And um, if we've messed up anywhere, please just, you know, reply to us on Twitter, send us a DM, email, whatever it is, and, and we'll get it fixed. Um, but yeah, we're going to go through and, and talk about some of the classes. And, and today will be a lot of um, guys from the state of Texas. And then maybe over the next few episodes, we'll kind of branch out a little bit and hit some stuff from California or Arizona or, or some places like that. Um, as we kind of, you know, it's, it's fun in the summer to get looks at some of those guys at events like Area Code and our coverage of the Arizona Fall Classic in the fall and all those sorts of things. So we're going to start with some power five classes. Um, Drew, why don't you lead us off with your first power five program and, uh, you know, just give some thoughts on those guys. And um, the great thing is, is, you know, I mean, we've seen so many of these guys now that it's, it's fun to look back and talk about them. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start off with Baylor. Uh, they have a 16, as of today, have a 16 person class of 15 high school and one junior college arm. Uh, but when headliners, the guy we've talked about a lot recently, Braden Bergman, um, elite, elite arm, uh, possibly the best in Texas, uh, guy you like Braden Mulkey, uh, outfielder from Davenport, uh, Brett white middle infielder from salon high school in, in Iowa, uh, probably Zach Dillon dipping back in. Oh yeah. Iowa, the Iowa, Iowa roots. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Britton Clements uh, from Laredo Alexander, Caleb Jamison, their one left-handed signee, uh, lefty from Paris Junior College, Camden Cluett, catcher-pitcher from Montgomery, Carson Bailey, a guy that we've talked about a lot recently uh, after coming off of Tommy John uh, this summer, uh, from J.J. Pierce, Caden Baker, a right-handed pitcher from Lewisburg, uh, high school in Olive Branch, Mississippi. I'm going to assume that James Leverton is responsible for that one. Uh, before he moved to Rockwall, he was from uh, Oak Grove uh, okay. in, in uh, Mississippi. So I'm, I'm going to assume that's the case. I don't know that for sure. But uh, Drew Britton, uh, third base, third baseman from Pike Road in Alabama. Hudson Imaterio, right-handed pitcher from Argyle. Hunter Snow, uh, an outfielder from Carmel, Indiana. Jack Garza, left-handed pitcher from McKinney North. Jack Hickerson, right-handed pitcher from Denton Geyer. Landon Carr, right-handed pitcher from Frisco. Ryder Rutledge, off of our uh, five-tool GPA team, an outfielder from New Braunfels. And Samuel Jenkins, an outfielder from Trinity Christian here in the Dallas area. But 
couple things that stand out to me. Um, I think they're really improving that profile of athleticism uh, in mm-hmm. the program. Uh, looks like there's a there's quite a few guys that have played football in this group. I know the uh, I know that Drew Britton is a wide receiver on the football team. Hunter Snow also plays football uh, up in Indiana. But um, you know, from the from the arm side, some some premium arms. Uh, Braden Bergman, like we mentioned, is really really good. And then uh, Carson Bailey uh, kind of fit that profile of a guy that you know kind of blows up late. You know, albeit for Carson, it was due to injury, right? He's coming off of Tommy John, and um, he was a hot name on the circuit late in the summer, just throwing a couple bullpens. Um, and then he started getting some time with the Rangers scout team um, and showed an electric arm. Uh, and I, I played with his high school coach, and I know they're looking for big things from him at J.J. Pierce this spring. Uh, Jack Hickerson, you know, going back to him, he's a really good right-handed arm. Um, gives you kind of a different look, Been has been on the area code team. Landon Carr, a uh, recent commit, is a guy that that we've really liked. I think he can really pitch. Um, and then they, like we talked about, got some athleticism in the outfield with Braden Mulkey, Ryder Rutledge, Samuel Jenkins, um, and, uh, and Hunter Snow going back. But yeah, I, I, I like this class. Um, it, a lot of the stuff that they're doing makes a lot of sense, uh, doing a lot of, um, using a lot of their connections, uh, from the past to really get some, go get some good players, um, Looks like they did a really good job uh, prioritizing some left-handed hitters in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like that was probably something that they were looking to do. But overall, an impressive group. Their classes are getting better and better, and um, they're just o- turning over that talent in the program and um, getting it to a spot where where they're going to be able to compete um, mm-hmm. just because of the talent. And, you know, we, we're big fans of the coaching staff and uh, think that this group has a chance to be a really good um, – part of their new foundation at Baylor for years to come. Yeah. And I've always admired that, you know, they trust what they see. I mean, they go out and they're on the road watching guys a lot yeah, and, and working their connections and things like that. And, you know, like to me, Braden Mulkey's a good example of that. Like he became a really good player at Davenport, which Davenport's a new school, kind of a smaller area. And I felt like he was flying under the radar, more than his talent suggested he should, but that happens sometimes in a state like Texas and, right, you know, and he just wasn't a famous name. And all of a sudden some of those guys just get way better really fast and might be a little bit harder to find, but um, Baylor was always on him and, you know, recruited him for a while and then really evaluated them and got him on campus and got another look at him and ended up being part of that class. You know, Brighton Clements might be a, a, a pretty good example of that as well. A guy that was at the TSA event, um, down at Minute Maid. And, you know, like you said, the athleticism, I think, sticks out and um, some physicality in there as well and, and some stuff. But, um, you know, Carson Bailey, like jumping on him right away, like you said, um, is a big deal there. But, yeah, you can kind of see they're starting to get their mold of of what their recruiting classes look like and um, kind of going from that period of really – I guess trying to fill some holes, taking over a new job to, okay, let's start to get the talent level to just kind of build back up and, and not worry so much about uh, individual positions. But um, yeah, big fan of those guys because I mean, they're just out so much and and really putting the work in. And I think it 
I think it shows with their with their list. Um, my first Power Five group. I'm going to go with the Longhorns from here in Austin, the University of Texas. Um, as they typically do, it's it's kind of a blend of Texas. Um, there's always a California presence in there. You know, most recently they've they've gone for the JUCO routes. Um, you know, getting a guy Brandon Arvidsson, who we knew about uh, from Dripping Springs. Uh, adding him to the mix, lifting a pitcher who was on our 55 list out of high school, uh, Bryson Dudley, a guy from Blinn. Um, so they've already, they've always been pretty cognizant of, hey, let's make sure we dip into the JUCO level, uh, but really hammering the high-end high school level as well. I mean, you look at the guys that are getting from California. I mean, when they go to California, it's they're getting some huge names out of there. Bryce Rayner, uh, definitely one of the best um, two-way prospects in the country, could be a big-time guy on the mound, could be a big-time shortstop as well. Uh, Levi Sterling, who came out of area code, is like one of the guys, right-handed pitching-wise, um, who was really, really taking off and, and might be taking off towards being a draft guy. Um, we'll see what that that time comes. But And then going and getting a guy like Sam Richardson, who's got some huge tools, um, can really impact the baseball. He's got some big pop. Um and then you look at some of the guys they're getting from Texas, too. You know, Carson Luna, one of our favorite swings in that class. Uh, Cooper Powell lifting a pitcher um, who kind of came out of the summer as a guy that was a big arrow pointing up beside his name. They go get him, Matt Scott, who's got some juice on the right side. It feels like he's been hitting home runs forever. Uh, and then locking up a, a local guy in field, Gillen from Westlake, um, who obviously everybody in the country uh, wanted him, a premier left-handed hitting infielder uh, who's got one of the best swings in the country. Um, but I also, I also like to, you know, when, when they see guys uh, – they, they have conviction of what they see. You know, Tyler Walton from San Antonio Johnson, by the end of the summer, people were buzzing about him. And, like, the velocity kept ticking up and the performance was following. And they got some eyes on him and, and made a move and, and locked him in. Um, you know, Kaimi Kahalekia, a guy from Hawaii, big, tall, right-handed pitcher, athlete, uh, plays basketball, went to area code, you know, threw the ball really, really well. And... It was a guy that went to Erica and I think people knew who he was, but they didn't know, you know, who he was and went out there through. Well, the stuff was good. Miss bats had two appearances for that Royals team. And then, you know, Texas, Texas locks him in Gavin Lyons uh, from up there in from Connecticut, I believe um, another area code guy, like kind of a unique slot slider can really miss bats, run the fastball up there to the mid nineties already from a unique look, good athlete um, locking him in. So, it's a good balance of, you know, making sure that your home base is you're, you're taking advantage of that, but also too, like, um, you know, something I saw Lincoln Riley mentioned, who's been kind of um, under a lot of heat lately because USC has been underachieving, <laughs> but like when you build a recruiting class, if you win, nobody's going to go count how many guys you had from certain locations. All they care about is you won, you know, <laughs> like, it's when right. you start losing, you know, they may be like, well, why aren't you doing this? You're recruiting this guy or that or whatever. So it's like, as long as you're winning, like people don't necessarily care for where, where your guys come from, but um, they do a good job of, of really branching out um, using their resources, using their contacts, um, you know, just and making sure they're canvassing the nation for the top players. And also at the same time, paying attention to what's going on at home you know, they committed Donovan Jordan recently. That was the guy that had had a, a big October. Um, it was starting to get a lot of attention. They jump in the mix there. So um, a good group. Um, 
Excited to see, you know, I know Matthew Millett was was dealing with a little bit of a shoulder deal, but excited to see him get back on the mound um, this spring because I think people have kind of forgotten a little bit of how good he was prior to um, the spring season ending on a sour note just because of the injury and then the, he missed the summer. Um, and he's just been kind of, you know, flying a little bit under the radar now, but I know that's a guy that scouts are, are anxious to see this spring because he can really run it up there big time with a velocity. Yeah. Um, you know, they picking up, picking up, uh, Jackson Jordan recently too, mm-hmm. going to be another arm I think can help them. Um, yeah, it's a load, it's a, lo- it's a loaded group. I mean, uh, like you said, there's, uh, w- what I think they did really well in this class is, um, they got some really big names uh, and also got another tier of guys that's going to leave you with a good group still if some of those big names are gone uh, yeah. in the draft. Um, so I think there's some real quality and depth in the group. Uh, I think they did a really good job of, um, you know, that it, it, it is interesting. Like you said, I mean, it you get a lot of, pushback or a lot of people asking, you know, like, why aren't all these kids from Texas? Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's a number, there can be a number of reasons for that. You know, some years there's down years at certain positions. Um, sometimes it's just about finding the right fit. And, you know, I think this class tells you like, you know, like not afraid to take some chances on some big name national guys that, mm-hmm. you know, may sign, but if they don't, um, you're in business. Uh, you know, I think, one thing that a lot of people that listen to this understand some may not is, you know, it's, it's expensive to go to a lot of out of state schools, you know, we Baylor's an expensive school. Uh, I'm going to talk about TCU um, and Texas is an expensive school. When you talk about, when you talk about going into uh, out of state, out of state, really, um, you know, I mean, you're talking 50, $60,000. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I think that this is a, this is an example of how NIL can help play a role um, in recruiting. You know, I don't think you're going to see any of the crazy deals that everyone seems to think are out there um, or that are famously known from football or basketball and stuff like that. You know, there may be a couple here and there, but, you know, I think for NIL to have the purpose of trying to uh, bridge that gap and make you know, school more affordable for baseball players. I think that that's a, that's a very, that's a good thing. That's a good usage of NIL. Um, And, you know, I think that Texas as well as some of the schools that we're still going to talk about later today have done a good job of that. Um, But I do, I like the class a lot. There's some really, really headliner names um, that I think if you told them, Hey, you can get, if you get two or three of these four or five or six guys, you're, you're ecstatic about it. Um, yeah and those those are the game those are the program changing guys you know it's it's right every year it's like if you get one of them you know that's that's enormous um it just can change it can really take where your roster is and just kind of elevate its potential a little bit more um for the next couple years and and like we always talk about more of those guys are going to college now yeah you know especially if you have that draw of you know get on campus and maybe they can kind of supplement what you're getting scholarship wise. Like you said, with an IL, it's just every little bit kind of helps. No um, doubt. But yeah, yeah, it's good group. And, you know, it's, 
it's, you know, if, if you're a brand like Texas, I, I think you're selling yourself short if, if you're not spreading your wings a little bit and, and going and grabbing some, some big, big name guys from outside the state and then really hammering um, your state as well. So good group yeah. there, but um, who's your next P five team? I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to stay in the Metroplex in the Dallas area and go with uh, TCU. Um, this is a program that has been on the map um, and has done a really good job getting to Omaha as much as anybody over the last decade. Um, and they are starting to really, really make some headway, you know, on some of those same type of names like Texas has, as far as like big name, household name, um, you know, obviously one of the main ones recently, Noah Franco, uh, one of the absolute best players in the country um, committed to them. I think it was what a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, I think so. Um, and we've seen him, you know, we got to see him at area code, seen him before, uh, California kid, but goes to IMG. Um, he's elite as they come. Uh, definitely one of the best players in the country. Um, this is a class that is loaded on pitching. Uh, they went out and really, really hit hit the arms. Um, you know, and I, you know, we've been doing this for a while now, and I, I really like looking at patterns and how a lot of these teams seem to approach things. Um, you know, going back to the expense of some of these, some of the schools around, um, you know, you have to, it's not easy. It makes it, it's a whole nother layer that you have to attack and recruiting. And um, John Delore does as good a job as anybody out there finding those pockets. Um, You know, they, they've made a, they, they've done a really good job of finding kids in Iowa, um, multiple kids on like Blake Larson's an IMG guy, but he's out of Iowa, Mm -hmm. big time left-handed pitcher, um, Trevor Baumler, right-handed pitcher from Dowling Catholic. Um, from what it sounds like he may be one of the most pitch ready guys when he shows up on campus, um, but can really, can really spin it three pitch guy. Um, you know, again, another program that has made a lot of headway, in, in California, you know, we've, we've talked about them being really good in Arizona as well. Um, yeah, this year, this year's group has some really good arms out of California, um, as well as an infielder, but, uh, Andrew Carter, right-handed pitcher from Damien high school and Rancho Cucamonga, um, three quarter slide. It's nasty. Like it, it, it's, it's different. It's a different look. And you know, I'm a big fan of those guys that give you something a little bit different. Talked about Blake Larson, Jacob Silva, um tetra out of san antonio younger brother of uh, anthony um just a good really good player knows how to play the game um mm-hmm. he's been around it he's going to know what that program expectation is i always i always it, it, it's kind of like having a dad or a brother that's played in the big leagues um you know just having that understanding of what the program wants because you know you're going to get all the all the info about how you're supposed to act things to do, things to not do. And a lot of those times, those kids have an easier adjustment uh, to college and just the program than, than some other kids may. And, you know, I think Jacob's going to be a kid that kind of fits that mold. Cade mm-hmm. Beauty um, is a, is a right-handed pitcher um, that can swing it a little bit also uh, out of Crosby. Um, but man, he's got, he's got some juice. There's some, a lot to like there. Caden Smith uh, has a brother at Georgia, right-handed pitcher out of Ocala, Florida Forest High School, big arm, 
um, you know, just he, I think he's going to have a chance just because of the pure stuff. Um, if he can, you know, he may be a reliever early with the stuff and pitch his way into being a starter, but he's going to be a guy that's going to have a chance because of the stuff early on. Landon Young, middle infielder out of Aquinas High School in California, right-handed hitter. Mason Brassfield, a guy we saw at area code, left-handed mm-hmm. pitcher from Bakersfield Christian. Nate Stern, right-handed pitcher from Loyola High School in Los Angeles. Um, there's there's some there's a lot there. Um, it's easy for him. Comes out easy. He's pretty thin. I think he's going to have a chance to really make a jump physically. We talked about Noah Franco. Uh, then you got one of the best catchers in the country with Nolan Traeger out of Concordia Lutheran, guy that we've always been a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, that does well on the big stage, done a lot of USA stuff. Uh, Preston Gamster, uh, middle infielder out of Highland Park, uh, currently at Paris Junior College, their only junior college guy thus far in the class, um, but played a role on a, on a really good Paris Junior College team last year that did, did some damage in the postseason. Uh, Sam Burgess, left-handed pitcher from Corona, can really pitch. Um, you know That Corona team, I think they've got oh, some man. movements. They are absolutely <laughs> loaded. It's um, nuts. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, one of the headline guys from the DFW area, Sawyer Strohsnyder, um, who's, you know, one of our favorite guys in, in this, in the state, in this class. I mean, he's just a really, really good player. Um, can run, can throw, can hit, hit for power. He's a mm-hmm. um, special player. Um, and they did a really good job getting on him early uh, last year. Uh, Thomas Bridges, right-handed pitcher from Harvard-Westlake, was a guy we saw at Area Code. Uh, Talked about Trevor Baumler out of Iowa. Um, Tyler Finau, right-handed pitcher from Minnesota, uh, Champlin Park High School. And then Zach James is a guy um, locally here, Flower Mound, that uh, played a huge, huge role in the state championship team for Flower Mound. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that can really pitch, and he's figured out how to do that. And – He's a guy that whatever weight and velocity he adds will only add to his um, prospects at pitching at the next level because the guy can really, really pitch. And I'm really excited to see what he looks like this spring. Um, he's a guy that, you know, just dominated with good stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and there's a lot to project on his body. And, if you know, any, any tick up that he gets in velocity, I mean, he's going to be even more – special and productive than he's been in the past which is saying a lot so yeah i mean great class overall Mm -hmm. uh pitching heavy uh guys all over the place you know the john delora like i mentioned before does a really good job beating the bushes he's he's everywhere um he has got connections and pockets throughout the country um and it shows with a class like this i mean it's it's going to be a top 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 level class for sure yeah, I think it speaks to, you know, the type of brand they are that you can pull a Noah Franco, you know, this late in the process, which, right. I mean, Noah Franco probably had anybody in the country he was interested in, interested in him, and yeah. he ends up at TCU. I mean, that's kind of a, that speaks to the kind of brand they are as a program and as a recruiting presence, um, you know, they just, I they like like similar to Texas, but um, yeah, I feel like TC has been doing it for longer. Like they get 
big talent from Arizona. They get big talent from California. You know, they'll, like you said, they'll, they'll grab a guy from Iowa. That's really good. And you look up and it's like, they're not just getting, you know, solid guys. I mean, they're getting premier talent from those areas. I really do think it's still, it goes back to when Schloss used to go play that Dodger town event, you know, like, like all the time. And just that having that presence out there and people seeing or hearing that TCU's out there playing and they're looking at the type of success the program's having and things like that. But um, like I said, that's another staff that's out a lot. Uh, it's another staff that I think trusts what it sees and, you know, isn't, isn't afraid to make a move. You know, you mentioned with Strohsteiner, like, I know, I don't, people will probably laugh now, but like once upon a time, that guy wasn't a household name, you know, coming right. from Brock High School, and he he played deep into the spring, and he was a multi-sport guy, and then like it it kind of, about by the end of the last summer, the the twenty twenty two summer, people were like, wow, this guy is really really good. Well, TC was already in there, yeah. and I'd gotten him, you know, didn't waste any time locking him up. So, um, really good group. Uh, I mean, it's it's not going to stop when you look ahead to their twenty twenty five group. Um, and even some of those names have already got in 2026 and, you know, they, they snuck some guys in there before the recruiting rules changed, um, with the 2027 class. And some of those guys like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Like the Jake Turner kid we had video on from the Arizona fall class. Like, oh, I'm just a lefty up to 91 with great arm speed, you know, in the 2027 class. So this kind of speaks That'd to me and those guys are always beating the bushes and, and figuring out, um, where the talent is, um, my next Power Five group is a uh, is a new member of the Power Five, um, the University of Houston, um, jumping into the Big Twelve, and I, we've talked about this before, but I, I think the addition of Ross Kivett to that coaching staff just really changed. I think it changed the recruiting presence that that Houston has, especially on the high school side. I, I think that there is a, definitely a, a different type of talent that Houston is recruiting now and able to get on its commitment list. Um, and they're another staff that they've got a lot of connections um, and they're always, always out. And I think, you know, when you talk about their 2024 class, I mean, you've, you've got to start with Braylon Payne from Elkins high school, left in hitting center fielder tools, speed, athleticism, performance, a guy that turned some heads at area code, a guy that we've been familiar with for a long, long time, given his his track record with the 12 program and what he was doing at Elkins and uh, just took off, you know, as expected. And Houston got in on him early and, and got him committed. And he's kind of the crown jewel of that recruiting class right now. Uh, and, and they added a couple of guys, you know, Cam Harris from the summer, played for the DFW Twins, a, another Brock High School guy. Uh, one of my favorite, you know, at the time heading into the summer, kind of under the radar talents, uh, had arm strength, had athleticism, his football film. If you haven't seen it, it's so much fun. Last year, he was the 3A sack leader in the state of Texas. And, you know, judging from what I've seen so far this year, he's he's definitely uh, not had a slump in that area. He's getting after the quarterback again. But Great athlete. And then he went to the Mattingly and really hit uh, with a good left-handed swing. And coming out of that event, a lot of people wanted him, you know, and Houston was able to uh, to get him. Um, and then a couple left-handed pitchers, I think they've done a really, really good job of. Kate Irons, a left-handed pitcher from, you know, played for that Sticks program. Yeah. Uh, pit, he's got some pitchability, but he's got some stuff too, delivery. I think there's a lot of strike throwing in the future. 
And then Chris Perez from down here near me at Taylor High School playing with that Lone Star program in the, in the in the summer. We saw him at the fall TSA event, and he's gotten better. Um, the velocity's there. The delivery's gotten better, I think. The strike throwing's gotten better. The breaking ball's real. He had an awesome spring. I mean, he carried that team deep into the playoffs. And it's like, okay, well, if they've got him on the mound, they're going to win. You know, can they win these other games uh, and keep their postseason going? But, uh, you know, he was a guy they committed really early on. Kate Irons is a the guy they committed really, really early on. Um, you know, Sage Sanders has been a long-time commitment uh, from Westlake. Uh, physical, strong left-handed hitter that can impact the baseball. And I think one thing they do a great job of is getting guys from areas like like Westlaco or like really, really South Texas. Um, you know, a guy like Jerry Medina is kind of a good example of that. I mean, he's he can run it up there big time, um, you know, 92, 93, 94 miles an hour from the right side kind of a unique look. Um, I think it's kind of Jackson Jordan-ish where it's probably a guy that's going to end up in the back end of bullpens, but there's a chance that it's just a lot of bat missing stuff in that area. And, you know, it feels like every year they've got a guy and it's like, oh, huh, yeah, they went to, you know, Westlaco and, and got a really, really good pitcher. And it turns out that guy's a really, really good player. It's going to help them out. Um, but also, too, they've been kind of branching out um, and, and getting some guys from from outside the state of Texas as well. You know, some recent commitments, a guy like Logan Reed, left-handed pitcher from Colorado, one of the best prospects out of Colorado. Um, Connor Osier from New York, a guy that kind of grabbed some stock this fall. And you know, they went to New York and, and got a commitment there. Um, they've gotten commitments from Florida. I know they've gotten guys from Louisiana. And they're always involved in a JUCO level as well. So, uh, again, I think, you know, Really smart hire by Todd winning to bring Ross Kivett in there because uh, I think it really just kind of elevated their recruiting presence. And also, too, I think it got them really back into the high school ranks where I think they were kind of very Juco heavy for a couple of years. Um, now they're starting to get some really high end high school talent in there. Um, Cody Cashin, guy from South Lake Carroll, um, catch and throw, has been a performer for a long, long time. Um, another really strong class for Houston, and, and I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, they, they they've done a really good job. Uh, Trip Dobson uh, is another guy uh, out of Louisiana that that I've seen that I liked a lot. Jackson Marshall, from, he's got some bat speed. Yeah, good play. Yeah, we've seen we've seen him hit some home runs. Um, but yeah, and like then I forgot Landon Miller too from down here in Rouse. Um, yeah, really good athlete. Uh, I think people would be talking a lot about him now. You know, he he got into a uh, thankfully he was okay, but got into a bad car wreck right before the summer. Yeah. So he he missed the entire summer. Um, still kind of working his way back in the fall. There's gonna be some pro guys I think peeking in on him um, because it's it's big velocity and really really good athleticism. Um, definitely a guy that looks the part of an imposing athletic physical guy. Um, that's you know, really excited to follow his progress down here. Anybody, anytime you have a guy 20 minutes away that can throw 94, 95 miles an hour, uh, it's always really, really exciting. Yeah. Um, all right. We're moving to the, some of the, the mid majors. I'm going to, I'm going to go with DBU, uh, stay here in Dallas. Um, I love this class. I think they've done a really good job. Cliff Pennington, um, has since he's been there, I mean, He's lucky that he gets to um, use the profile of the school and how well that they've done as a program under Dan Heefner. Uh, but they've done a really good job 
since Cliff has been there of getting some really big name guys right before they hit. Yep. Um, and right before they go national or explode on the scene, um, you know, they DBU's beaten some of the some of these big schools to the punch on some of these guys. And there's a handful of guys like that in this class. Um, and I, you know, it's a unique program. Um, you know, mm-hmm. smaller school doesn't have football. Um, and they have carved out, you know, a, a, a their own little niche of uh, playing. They, I mean, they've hit forever. Like obviously DBU's hit absolutely forever. Um, and for a long time, it was a, you know, that it came from their development. Um, they did a really good job of developing and, I'm just fascinated to see now that they're starting to get some of these, you know, quote unquote, bigger name guys um, that are, have already had some success and have some real tools. Um, just how that's going to look when you lump them into the development program that DBU has put together. Um, and I, a lot of credit goes to Cliff Pennington um, and, and coach Heefner uh, for building the program, how he wants it. And one of the things that I always appreciate about them is, they know exactly what they want and they go get it. Um, and you know, it's, and it's, it's not the same profile that everybody uses. They're very picky. Um, and, and I think that, you know, if, if they go after you and target you, there's something that they definitely see there. It's not yeah. just collecting talent, which is what some programs are in the position to do. That's definitely not what DBU does. And, uh, you know, you're going to know something, um, in a number of ways about a kid that, that commits there uh, because they, they have their way of doing things and it's shown to be extremely successful. And I'm just really excited to see what the next few years look like as they continue to like, just add really good talent to the development program that they've had in place for a long time. Um, A couple arms they got. So their class right now currently sits at 13 guys with nine, uh, nine high school and four junior college. Um, Ethan Kroll is one of those guys that like we talk about that they jumped on him right before he absolutely exploded. Um, big right-handed pitcher out from Valor Christian in Colorado. Uh, one of my favorite guys that I've seen since I've been in this job. I mean, he's, he is legit ace upside um, and can really pitch. Uh, Avery Duncan is another arm they're really excited about uh, out of Wisconsin. Notre Dame de la Bay is how I'm going to pronounce it, but the Bay is B-A-I-E. So de la Bay is what I'm going with. But um, big time stuff, can really pitch, really good find, uh, really good get for for DBU there. Brooks Sartain, a middle infielder out of Trinity Valley. Brian Williams, an outfielder out of Midwest City. Uh, Colton Rockmore, a guy that we really like you know, versatile player uh, out of Argyle, out of Argyle. Um, Definitely has some juice. Uh, Mm -hmm. Big fan of his. Dason Hill uh, out of uh, Grapevine, one of the best left-handed arms in the state. Um, It's going to be interesting to watch him see how his stock takes off. I mean, he's that prototypical tall, skinny lefty that, man, if he puts some weight on and continues to jump velocity-wise – I mean, the velocity is there. It's good. Yeah. Um, but adding that physicality, help him hold it, be a little bit more consistent with it. Um, but, man, he's he's special talent. 
Um, another guy that's going to have ace potential uh, for DBU. Uh, Hudson Ellis is a guy that you like a lot. Yep. Really good shortstop out of Round Rock. Jake Bennett, big power bat uh, out of Sanjak. Uh, originally from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, catches and plays some first base, but he is known as a bopper. He can swing it. Um, Mason Peters, left-handed pitcher out of Temple Junior College, uh, originally from Waco. Park Prater, a big two-way left-handed hitting, left-handed throwing uh, outfielder pitcher. Um, huge fan of his. Uh, he's a guy that as he continues to fill out and get stronger is just um, – he's one of those guys like we talk about. Like we saw him early and really liked him, and you just see him and think, man, like this guy – he continues to get bigger and stronger he's gonna be an absolute monster and mm. that's and they got him right before he made that jump and there's still a lot more in there for park uh, but he is unquestionably one of the best players in the dfw area uh ryan borberg a right-handed pitcher out of johnson city community college in kansas uh started out at illinois state um good right-handed arm uh good stuff uh, Sam Girth, who's a freshman at Navarro right now, currently, uh, we got to see him last year in our homeschool event. But man, this guy can really pitch, and he has big time stuff, big physical righty, has one of the best breaking balls that I saw all in all of 2023. I mean, he threw a couple that I was like, was that real? Like I, mm-hmm. I had to go back and you know kind of bear down on him in that homeschool event. Like I, I was just blown away with him. So that was a really good pull from Navarro. Um, and then now headed to DBU. But um, you know, I that's talking about cornering the market. Um, Coach Heepner's kids have always been uh homeschooled. And, you know, we've talked about a huge uptick in the homeschool uh yep. scene here in Texas. And Sam Gerp is a great um uh, representative of that and this was just a, a really good get but uh and then will yeary uh another guy that has really done well um played some on that rangers uh scout team this fall out of covenant christian plays with the sticks um i i love this group um and then you stack them on the class that they had that's freshman currently um just a lot of really good baseball players i'm just i'm i'm really excited to see the profile of that school and that program continue to take off because they've, they've done an incredible job. And I just, I think Cliff Pennington has done a really good job since he's been there of, you know, they're very rigid, like they know what they want. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I talking with them, I mean, they, they, they have a plan um, and they know what they like. And if you don't fit that mold, then it's probably not a good fit for you, even if you're talented. Um, so you, you know that they've done their homework. Um, they have a really good eye. Just I, I'm really excited to see what they do the next couple of years because it's it, it's going to be really exciting because, we you know, now that now that we're down in the space and seeing a lot of these guys pretty regularly, it just it, it's exciting to see them go to a place like that and a program like that that does things the right way, um, continue to succeed and do well. Yeah, they remind me some of when Gary Patterson had things rolling at TCU and they'd offer a defensive player and you're like, huh, I need to take a look at this guy. Right. Like when DBU gets a commitment, uh, especially on the hitting side, it's like, huh, 
I bet this guy can can really hit, and chances are they could really, really hit. Uh, and then the case of a guy like Hudson Ellis, who when they committed him, not many people, you know, he wasn't a famous name, but they got a bunch of shortstops on campus for a camp, and Hudson Ellis was the best defender. Um, and they're like, we need to get this guy. Like he can really play shortstop. And I went, I watched him a bunch of round rock this past spring and he's a gamer that can really defend at the position. That's like, yeah, you know, I, that they were exactly right. You know, they went and got one of the best defensive shortstops in the state um, before he was kind of more of a, a household name ahead of his junior season out round rock. But um, yeah, it's, it's a fun group. Uh, it's it's a great mix of hitters and defenders and athleticism and stuff on the mound and a couple of guys that could really, really pop at the next level. You know, like you say, a guy like Park Prater. Um, Will Yeary to me is a guy that got much better over the summer, or maybe it was I saw him the, the summer prior and then didn't see him again until this summer. I was like, man, he's gotten stronger. The swing is better. Um, legit switch hitter, uh, played defense well in the TSA game down the minute, maybe like that's a potential major dude there looking profile in the middle of the lineup. So they do well, an awesome job. It's 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 fun to follow them, especially recruiting wise, because they typically get in on some guys early that um we really like and just haven't quite blown up yet, or guys that we know a little bit about but not a ton about and it's like oh yeah these guys this guy is a really good player well and and another thing too it's not just the development of the players that coach Hefner's done an incredible job with it's picking the right coaches as well um they have had a really really i mean he's got his own little coaching tree now and so you anytime that he makes a hire uh similar to taking a hitter like you were talking about you just have a feeling that this guy is going to do really well. Um, obviously, Micah Posey has done a good job with the pitching. Um, you got Dan Fitzgerald, head coach at Kansas now. Um, it's, you know, so I'm excited to see what Cale Johnson, the new pitching coach hire for them, does. Um, I, you know, he coming from the pro ranks, we don't know a whole a whole lot about him. But, I mean, just the, the time that Coach Hefner spent – to make that hire um, tells me all I need to know. And especially when you look at the track record of the coaches that he's been interested in and, and ultimately hired, it's uh, tough to argue. (laughs) So um, another, that's just another component of, of what's turning out. I mean, it's just over the last couple of decades, it's just been a really, really impressive program. Yeah. I mean, you look to it, like all the guys they've had drafted in recent years, like, there was a point in time where, I mean, I'm not sure how many guys that program would have drafted on a consistent basis, but now it's like, you know, four, five, six guys a year are coming out of there. I mean, it's a destination place for for scouts to pay close attention to in the spring um, because they've, they've always – pitchers and hitters. They've always got guys coming out of there, um, and they've had guys reach, you know, reach the big leagues as well, so – um, always fun to, to track that program, especially on the recruiting side as well. Um, my mid-major program, uh, I'm going to go with the Texas State Bobcats, another group that I think is kind of reminiscent of, of DBU from the recruiting side. You know, they're just – they get in on guys early that end up being or are um, good players. And, you know, their 2024 group uh, isn't isn't that different from that. 
It's been, it's, it's got some guys that are kind of some of my favorite guys that I've seen over the years. Um, you know, talking about a guy like Dawson Park from Magnolia West. Remember seeing him, gosh, it was probably like one of my first weeks on the job at five tool back in 2021. I was like, man, this guy's got, this guy's an exciting player. He's got some tools. Like, you know, he could turn it into something being a pretty good player. And it turns out he was starting shortstop for Magnolia West state championship team last year. He was up to 92 off the mound um, late in the summer with a real breaking ball. Um, he's hit for a long time and performed, um, you know, Texas state jumped on him. Um, you know, Braylon Mitchell got some real tools as well. Right-handed hitting infielder from the Houston area. They get on him early on, um, you know, cutter cage web, uh, the son of coach web down there at St. Marcus high school, multi-sport guy, he's staying off football player as well. One of my favorite left-handed swings, um, in the class, uh, a guy, you know, son of a coach, you can see that in the way he plays athletic guy. And then, you know, Zachary Gingrich, uh, from Smithson Valley, kind of your classic, Hey, this guy's going to blow up. You know, it's just, it's a matter of, of when, not if, and mm-hmm. the win happened early in the spring and carried over to the summer. And he was a, you know, he came out of the Mattingly and there were a lot of coaches buzzing about him. You know, I had multiple coaches who were there like, man, what's the story on this guy in uh, Texas state ends up locking him in, um, you know, premier lefty to hitting outfield talent um, runs it up to 89 on the mound, but I think he's an outfielder long-term and also, too, I, I think that they, they're they smart about knowing what they want. Like, they value left-handed hitting guys, you know, that can run. You know, that park we know plays up to the power, and they definitely go in and get get the power. Uh, but getting a guy like Caden Baker, who can really, really run um, and can profile as a, as a top-of-the-order uh, kind of a guy, uh, adding those sorts of guys to the mix. On the pitching side, get a, a Josh Glazer. Um, you know, Austin Dozier, before he got hurt, I believe he had Tommy John, um, was one of the rising left-handed pitchers in the state of Texas. Uh, so excited to see him get get back on the mound. But And, and Brock DeYoung from Cinco Ranch, played for that 12 Red Sox team. He's just a winner. Uh, really good ball player, skilled athlete, can profile a number of places. Like, you know, he's the type of guy that gets into a program and just makes the program better by who he is, you know, from the baseball makeup side. Uh, and then we know Josh Blakely, his background at, at Texas State from the JUCO side as well. Um, they got a guy, Coy DeFury, recently from Alyssa, who we're familiar with out of Blinn, who's just been mashing bombs all fall from the left side. It looks like a major, major uh, impact hitter that you can slide into the middle of that lineup. And that power is really going to play at that ballpark in San Marcos. So um, like DBU, I just uh, – always really enjoy following how these guys recruit because they're another program that is out a lot, seeing guys working their connections, getting live looks, getting guys on campus to camps. Um, you know, they're, they're really shaking the trees and, and trying to find guys. Um, you know, speaking of another guy coming back from injury, our guy Tobin S chief. Um, I just saw he was having his say. first throws, his first throws recently. I think he posted last night coming back from Tommy John uh, we know what kind of upside he has, you know, former five tool academic guy. Um, you know, he's, he's got some upside in there as well. Assuming, you know, as he comes back and works his way back to getting fully healthy, but uh good class. I mean, they, they've got a little bit of everything every year, um, some Juco presence, but um, they really, I, I think do a good job of hammering the state of Texas, but also hammering kind of their, their region as well. 
like if, if there's a really good player from like, you know, San Marcos or New Bronze Fools or, or somewhere like that or the Central Texas, I mean, they're always in the mix for those sorts of players and uh, it, it's going to show. Uh, obviously, they've they've had a lot of postseason success recently under Coach Trout and, um, you know, that pro, the profile of that program just keeps getting elevated each year. And a big reason why uh, is because of the type of talent that they're bringing to campus. Yeah. I mean, it's – they. You saw that explosion, like that. I guess. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess Goldschmidt, Paul Goldschmidt, was one of the first really big names to come through there, and mm-hmm. obviously, we've seen what he's done in his career. But I mean, it. You know, we when I was in Texas, we played them at least two, a lot, of, most years, three times a year. Um, Coach Harrington uh, did an incredible job building that program, and then uh, passed it off to you know, one of the best young coaches in the game was Steven Trout. Um, and, you know, we think a lot of that staff um, and, you know, it's funny, like when you look at some of these classes and fi- you try to figure out why they're good, um, you know, a lot of it coincides with the work ethic, the type of stuff that, you know, the, the programs are about. Um, and, you know, I, they're doing a good, you know, Coach Trout and his staff are doing a really good job of, taking what coach Harrington built and just carrying it on to another level almost. I mean, it's um, you know, they were really close to winning that regional um, two years ago. And, you know, they're, they're close to breaking through that barrier. Um, You know, I think that as they continue to just do a really good job evaluating, getting the right type of guys on campus, that it's coming because they're, they've done a really good job of that. And, you know, I, I, I always like, you know, like you said, there are another staff that you just see out all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And there's no real secret to what the effort and being out can do for you. Um, now, there's a lot of programs that are out a lot that sometimes don't do anything. Um, yeah. But rarely, rarely do you see programs that are doing really well in recruiting that aren't out a lot. It, yeah. There are some, but, um, you know, I think that's a, a testament to the work ethic of the of some of these head coaches and, and what they've brought in for their staffs um, and what they've built with those guys. So, uh, you know, there's we're lucky that there's a lot of them here close by to us because uh, mm-hmm. we get to see it firsthand quite a bit. So exciting part about it. That wraps up our power fives and mid majors. And uh, before we get into some Juco guys to highlight, going to tell you guys about hit fourth. If you've gone to a college prospect camp, you've probably noticed the coaches are tracking everything. Many staffs will even have TrackMan showing live info on their video board during BP and scrimmages. That, that's true. It's everywhere. It's not eye candy. They track data such as exit velocity and bat speed because it helps them identify skill sets that will translate and work at the college level. And more and more high schools are doing this as well. In fact, one of the most prominent high school programs in Austin, Texas, sends an email to incoming freshmen detailing what they view as acceptable exit velocity and bat speed. Simply put, if you can't hit the ball hard enough and consistently enough, you aren't going to get as many looks in high school and in college. So as the game moves more and more towards embracing tech and data, you're doing yourself a disservice if you aren't training with a staff that utilizes and understands both. The team at Hitforth in Austin, Texas is creating the standard for developing explosive and adjustable hitters. When you train at Hitforth, you will develop the power coaches are looking for, whether challenging the fences or drilling hard liners to all fields. Learning to move faster and swing faster will also make you a more adjustable hitter and improve your ability to make contact. 
because the quicker you can swing the bat means the more time to recognize pitches before deciding to swing. The best part about Hitforth is the accountability. Since the staff tracks every aspect of every swing you take, you get objective feedback about your improvements. Numbers don't lie. Check out hitforth.com to learn how you can get started. And also follow those guys on Twitter and Instagram at Hitforth as well. And one thing too, and I, I mentioned they're based in Austin and um, the facility's great. Um, they do remote stuff too. You know, I know there's been, I've gotten a couple of man- messages about guys and, you know, doing the remote aspect and uh, those programs translate remotely as well. I mean, if you've got the work ethic in, in the place to go get in the cage and, and work on some stuff, they can definitely help you in that, that regard as well. But yeah, I, I think the favorite word those guys use for me is accountability because it literally, uh, they say they track everything. They do track everything. I mean, there's video, there's metrics, there are workout plans, there are, um, you know, what you need, uh, individualized hitting programs. I mean, these guys, this is their full-time gig is they get to the office, they go to work on, on crafting plans and individualized and personalized programs for, for everybody, um, you know, scaling it down to the younger ages and then scaling it up to college guys as well. And you can go see like, the improvements are staggering. I mean, we're talking about kids that add 20 plus miles per hour in exit velocity over the course of a couple of years. I mean, that's just, that is an immense amount of improvement. I mean, if you're a guy at the high school level, I mean, think of if you're, you know, a big physical power hitter and you go to some showcase and you pop a one-on-one off the tee, that's, that's good. That's, that's really good for your level. Now imagine if you could go to a place that can bump that up another six, seven, eight, 12 miles an hour. All of a sudden, if you pop off a 108 or a 109, like you're the top percentile of your level in high school. And that's the kind of improvement those guys um, can achieve. And, um, you know, they track everything. So they know it works uh, because if it didn't work, uh, they wouldn't have these results to show for it. So go to hitforth.com. And, uh, and check those guys out, and they can really help you um, on the hitting side. But we're going to finish up here with, with five individual player junior college commitments, um, as those guys will be signing on the dotted line soon as well. So, uh, Drew, why don't you lead us off with, with your five guys that you've chosen to talk about today? All right. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Odessa commit, Anthony Lara um, from Southlake guy that's played on our academic team the last two years. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his. I just think he can really, really hit, uh, has an idea for how to play the game, uh, always in the right spot, backing up, playing hard off the ball, um, and can just hit uh, as he continues to fill out and get stronger. I think he's going to have some real opportunities at, at Odessa and beyond. Um, big fan of his as a, as a player. And looking forward to see him go there. Uh, go to jump over to McLennan. Um, Jack Brady, another one of our academic mm-hmm. team guys out of Austin Westlake, uh, a guy that can really pitch. Um, and, you know, we've long said that we we know that there's more in there as far as from the physical side of things. And once that hits, uh, he's going to be a guy that is very coveted um at the at the d1 level uh upon leaving mcclennan um and you know before we move to the next one we you know we talk about some of these programs um there's been a real uptick to me in the development in these programs Uh, a lot of them are seeming to be putting a lot more investment on the player development side from like a technology standpoint 
Um, and I think that's going to help a lot of these guys. And, and you know, it's the, a lot of the reason that some of these guys go to junior college is they just need to play more. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to get that opportunity with, you know, no real practice constraints like they have at the D one level. Um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a heavy premium on winning at a lot of these schools, but they also get to do so while developing too. Um, and some of these schools that we're going to talk about do it really, really well. And that's why I'm excited to see a lot of these guys go to the schools that they're going to just knowing the potential that some of them are going to be able to unlock by being in these programs. Uh, my next one, I'm going to just stay down the street here in, in the Rockwall area with Jake Overstreet going to Weatherford. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that we absolutely love uh, from a leadership standpoint, from a talent standpoint, he can really catch, he can really hit, he can play third, he can play outfield, very versatile player um, that has a lot of, a lot more in front of him because he's a guy that's played football at a very high level. Um, and I really look forward to seeing him play at Weatherford. I think he's going to do really well there. A lot of intangibles with him, just a winning player. Uh, My next guy is another guy that we've seen and we saw in the festival last year and should be in it again. Uh, Landon Hutchison from Wolford Friendship uh, going to Blinn. That's a huge get for Blinn. I know he was very coveted. One of the, one of the, more exciting outfielders in the state of Texas from a production standpoint, Um, you know, very athletic, uh, really good receiver in football. And, you know, he plays baseball like a football player um, in a sense that he plays really hard, uh, very physical, uh, goes all out, you know, never, never hesitates to sacrifice his body to make a diving catch Mm -hmm. um, and just, plays the game with a reckless abandon that is, is fun to watch. And I think he, he fits in really well with what, the, what uh, Dusty and new, um, new offensive coach uh, Cameron Rupp um, doing a lot. of. Oh, I didn't too. know that. Yeah. Cameron Rupp is now at, at Blinn. Um, and this is his first full-time gig. Uh, you know, last year was spent time as a student coach while getting his degree at Texas after playing in the big leagues. Uh, but Cameron's a great baseball dude and having a guy like that, that's caught at the big league, big league level. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to, he, he's going to carve out a nice little niche for himself um, as a, as a baseball coach at the next level. He kind of um, embodies like, you know, the mindset you need to have to succeed at that level. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like he, like he, you know, it's just like, you know, when he played at Texas, you know, just the reputation he had with his teammates and, and the stories and things like that. Like, like he's a great fit at, at that level because he can, he really embodies what you need to take to that level to have success. Well, yeah. And, and like, you know, it's no secret that catchers uh, typically make really, really good coaches and yes. managers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see Cameron really get his feet wet down there at Blinn. Um, you know, starting out with in your first class with a guy like Landon Hutchison's not a bad step. Um, no, it's not. But yeah, I mean, I, I can promise you Rupp, Rupp will have some stories, man. He's, he's a, <laughs> he's a guy that just like be loved in the locker room. People, people gravitate to him. Um, he's fun to be around. And um, I think he'll do really well down there. Uh, 
My next and last guy is Roman Cariaga, uh, headed to Navarro. Um, he's a guy that I got to see in in the postseason last year. Um, he's got a big arm, and I'm mm-hmm. really curious to see what he ends up doing because I know he was pitching some for Midlothian Heritage because of that good arm. Uh, but there's some real, real juice in the bat too. I mean, he was launching balls out of UT Arlington um, at our, at one of our events uh, back before the summer started coming off of that little postseason run. But I'm really curious to see what he ends up doing because there's some real tools there. Um, got some real power, some bat speed, some velocity ball coming out of his hand. I mean, he just he, – he's got some loud – loud tools and, and and some really good ability. And I, I think going to a place like Navarro is going to be really good for him. Um, you know, being there with, with Berto and Woe and those guys, I think that'll be a, um, a really good spot for him. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does uh, down in course of Canada the next couple of years. My five junior college guys start with a recent McLennan commitment, big Cameron Johnson, a guy we talked a lot about from Midway high school in the Waco area uh, he's going to throw really, really hard um, sooner than later. And for a big, bigger guy, he the delivery's good. The arm action's good. The arm speed, um, the breaking ball flashes. Like he's just a guy that we've always said, hey, this guy's got a lot of upside. And then he had a lot of big performances in the spring. Um, and then I think McLennan probably saw him again this fall. It's like, yeah, we got to get this guy into the mix and, and locked him in there. Uh, Another guy we've talked about recently, Aiden Klein um, from Kerrville Tyvee, committed to Midland. Yeah, um, catcher, right-handed pitcher. I've really liked the upside on the mound. Um, he's always been able to spin a, a really pretty overhand curveball. The velocity's taken up. Um, I, I think that as he gets more innings and as he gets stronger, uh, there's a chance that he really pops uh, there at Midland. Uh, Christian Hallmark um, committed to Navarro. Just a really plays hard. Uh, he embodies what you want from a just a motor standpoint on the baseball field. Good competitor, never gives a pitch up. Good plate skills, left-handed hitter. Um, he's got to gap power. I think he's going to keep growing into some more. He's got some physical projection. Uh, the type of guy that is just he, he's going to make a program better by just being in the program and just really set an example of how to play how to prepare, how to compete. Um, He's got some talent too. And I I think he's going to have a, a a big senior season. Um, A recent temple commitment, Devin Cummings, right-handed pitcher um, from Travis high school. We saw him at at our TSA event in the fall. And I was like, man, this guy's got a lot of traits for a guy that's going to really take off. Um, Good athleticism. I mean, he ran a six, six, zero 60, uh, during the 12 um, scouting stuff in the summer, really good vertical jump. I think his vertical jump was like 34, 35 inches, broad jump. Like a lot of the athletic testing was was really good, especially for a pitcher. And then you see him on the mound, the way he moves, the way the arm works, the shape of the slider. Uh, he's a candidate to, to really go to Temple, um, keep getting stronger. The velocity suddenly really takes off. And all of a sudden that's a guy I'm sure that the D1 program is going to be paying really close attention to. And then finally, uh, a blend commitment, Reese Lunsford uh, f- from Memorial High School in Frisco. 
switch hitter skill can kind of profile a number of different ways defensively can really, really run. Um, he's always hit when I've seen him. I remember, you know, following for the first time when he went to the Mickey Mantle world series in Oklahoma in 2022 and just put on a show um, with a bat. And then I think he came back a, a week or so later at a scout day that we did and ran like a blistering fast 60 yard dash time. So um, a guy that he's got some skill at the bat, some skill at the glove, good athlete can really, really run. Um, I, I think he's a guy that I'm sure Blinn is thrilled to have in the mix there and can profile as a guy that can contribute in other ways in that program. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's interesting when you start going through some of these junior college classes, like these are, you're seeing names and caliber of player that you weren't seeing as much of yeah. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, like these are guys, the guys we just listed are guys that, I mean, definitely had some D one opportunities. Um, and, uh, you know, I, like I said, 10 years ago, these probably, these guys were no doubt going to a division one school. So I think that says a lot of, you know, there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, you know, I think the, the COVID log jam created some of that, the portals created some of that. mm -hmm. Um, but the to me the the overarching theme and the more common thing is that you're seeing a huge investment into junior college baseball by a lot of these programs um the facilities the technology um and i think that you know across the board i think people are just starting to understand that you need to play baseball to you know to to get better at the game. I mean, it's just, a, it's a hard game and, you know, it going to a junior college to be able to get a couple hundred at bats a year um, in some circumstances and probably in a lot of circumstances um, is better off for your career just because it's such a um, repetition based sport. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll be honest, you know, when I was, there were times, you know, I, I think a lot of this stuff kind of goes in waves. Um, but, you know, I think there there was a time when I definitely thought that getting into a D1 program and, you know, sitting for a year and developing in that program, you know, might be a better answer than going to a junior college. Um, currently, I don't feel that way. I yeah. think that um, that a lot of these, you know, it's just it's tough as rosters are bigger at the D one level. Um, I think that it's become tougher just to get, you know, the necessary attention if you're not playing every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, that's a big part of it. Um, and it's hard. And once you get to the season, you just don't have as much time to spend on development, uh, of guys that aren't contributing every day. Now, some places do it a lot better than others. Um, but you know, make no mistake, getting those at bats and getting to play is a big deal. And, you know, thankfully in this region, there's a lot of good places to go and do yeah. that. And we just, we listed a, a few of the schools that do it as, as well as anyone in America. And, and there is definitely, you know, when you go back to some of the, some of the power five commits that we are rattling off, like you're, you're seeing some of these same programs in a program like San Jack and, you know, a lot of the, these ones in the region, you know, and we'll continue to touch on these over the next couple of weeks, but they're doing a really good job and it, it's exciting to see because it's a really good quality of baseball. And I think you're going to see that continuing to, to go forward. Um, 
over the next couple of years for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And even seeing in some cases, some of these guys are sticking at their junior college for another year, even really, 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 really good players that have opportunities. And it just speaks to the environment and the development that's happening and the value of getting those reps. I mean, there's see high school kids all the time that have talent and tools, but it's just like, man, this guy just needs to go play a bunch. He seems to play the game and, and yep. that way he can start, you know, processing quicker and the skill improves and just the, the familiarity with, different situations and game actions and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, it's just junior college baseball is just, especially the portal is becoming a better option um, each year, seemingly and the development, the investment in those programs is, is certainly making a mark as well. But uh, before we get out of here, do the Rangers close it out tonight? Um, I will refuse to comment. Wow. Uh, refuse to comment. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm super superstitious. Yeah. When it comes to talking about the outcomes for my teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I refuse to uh, be a part in saying something that will contribute to the opposite happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna comment on that in in this sport. Um, I will comment on it in football, but I mean, it's been really fun. I, you know, I thought like I was really happy for Travis Jankowski last night um, to have the production that he had um, Yeah, for his sake, not just being a Ranger fan, but um, I was lucky enough to go to the game one. Um, and I don't know that I've ever heard a sound louder. I actually think that Seager's home run to tie it was louder than Adolis's to walk it off. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. But man, like it was deafening in there. Anybody that thinks that that, uh, and I have someone in mind specifically when I say this, and you know, I think you probably know who, but one of our friends seems, uh, and he may be from Houston too, so that may be <laughs> com- contributing, but he always seems to dog on on the Rangers ballpark and says it's there's not much life there. And man, like if you were anywhere near the ballpark the last couple of weeks, like you'd know that not be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel, you know, I, you feel good about where they sit, but at the same time, I mean, you know, the diamondbacks have been down and out before, True. um, plenty, plenty of times. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't like, having to go to Leclerc last night. I No, I, I didn't. I mean, that would surprise me. I, I got it, but I didn't. I Man, just those leadoff walks kill you. And, yes. like, you just can't do that against good teams. And it changed – I mean, it could completely change the outlook of the whole series by them pushing and getting some of those runs last night to, you know – I mean, if they're going to try to close it out tonight, Leclerc's going to have to throw on three straight days. Mm-hmm. Um and they really need something out of Chapman. I mean, like if I, I can't remember a guy that from the left side that throws a hundred that can't get through an entire inning. Like it's Mm. just maddening. I can't, I, I almost have to turn it off when he's pitching. I, I just, I do not like watching him pitch. Um, but it's been, it's been, you know, fun so far as a Rangers fan in this series, but man, I, I do like watching the way the Arizona plays. I, I love the way they play the game and, and I, and I like watching two contrasting styles um, yeah. go at it. And um, I just, man, Corey Seager 
is ascending for the top players of the game. Um, he's just, he's so good. I but could have I sworn I could have sworn I saw a stat, and I, I was like, "Is this right?" That he had the best WRC plus of any shortstop during the regular season in like a long, long time. I was like, I gotta think like a rod probably had a better one at some point, but he, I mean, he's been so unbelievably good in the postseason that I think that alone is probably going to get people to spend money in free agency more because they're looking at what the Rangers did. Yeah. And you know, the two guys in the middle of it last night when they blew it open were Seeger and Simeon. Like, well, it was like, I, I'm happy for Simeon because he's been yeah, it's been he's been yeah, he's it's been he's a rough needed, something season. like that. Yeah. But man, um, like they I love listening to the Rangers talk. You know, I've I've mentioned this before, but I always like to listen to the post-game comments uh after championship games and series and stuff like that. Um, but because it, it all they they say different things um from team to team, like there's a different attitude or mindset. But the one thing that you can always tell is they're always connected. Like they all, you know, amongst a single team, they all have the same message. And like, you can tell that it's not fake either. You know, like you, you and I both have seen enough and you, you know, working in the job that you did before this, you, you've heard plenty of coach speak and plenty yeah. of, you know, fed lines from athletes, but it always strikes me in these postseason championship games and series when you listen to teams talk afterwards, like you understand why they did well. Um, mm -hmm. And there's no secret to it of, of why, you know, some of these teams that are, you know, on paper less talented than the teams that they're beating, why they, why they won. Um, and I always find that fascinating and you can see it, you can hear it with the Rangers and the way they talk. Um, you know, it's, it's fun that, you know, it's overall, it's, you know, minus the Dullies, it's, it's a pretty boring team. You know, from, a, <laughs> from a flair standpoint yeah right uh, yeah like you know Seager just kind of goes about his business and Simeon's like the you know shining example of like work ethic and yeah and you know never comes out of the lineup on, yeah, yeah putting yeah just plays every day and like um I think they were smart too with you know getting opportunity to add a, a Scherzer just from a present standpoint like you know, it's just the, the competitiveness and, and wanting to win, you know, a guy like Austin Hedges, who's got a tremendous reputation makeup wise. And as long probably, as he doesn't have to hit. Right. Like probably the worst hitter in baseball of like the last decade plus. Um, but, you know, there's a reason why like winning teams want a guy like that and to have him mm -hmm. around and, and, and things like that. And, you know, some of their, their, you know, their offseason acquisitions, like, you know, I think it just goes to show, like, even though John Gray hasn't started, like, he's been enormous. Like, you, you just need to add talent like that. You, like, spend on guys like that. Like, even if, you know, bringing back a Martin Perez, like, you know, yeah, he, we can throw him in the bullpen if we need to. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been uh, – Eovaldi tonight, oof, we couldn't have a better guy on the mound um, in, in this situation. And Gallon has been – been a little been a little rocky all postseason so um we'll see we'll we'll see what happens but um it's gonna be tough from arizona to, to come back from from that one last night but uh all right well that wraps us up for episode 132 
of the Five Tool Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Five Tool Pod. And of course, check out all of our coverage at fivetool.org. And uh, thanks to the guys at Hitforth um, for uh, powering this podcast. You can check them out at hitforth.com, then at Twitter and Instagram, H I T F O R T H. And uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope everyone had a good Halloween. Until we talk to y'all next time, have a good week. Take care.